You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think that the most creative minds are the most curious ones. And when you're curious, there's a lot that you find out that you don't know and a lot that you find out that you can't do. You know, I think the most important thing to know as an artist is that there's no such thing as perfection. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Was It Chance, the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. I'm Heather Vickery. And I'm Alan Seals. Heather and I started out as two perfect strangers who met, I don't know why you keep laughing at that, who met by chance and embraced opportunity. Listen in as we chat with other successful people about the risks they've taken to put themselves on the path to creative success. Heather, our guest today. It's just your radio voice. That's why I laugh. Is that... I, it's just it's my supported voice like i with the musical theater training mm-hmm. when i start projecting that's my diaphragm pushing up <laughs> something like a like a support bra it's what i wish you guys could see him right now no you don't our special guest can see you and she's laughing <laughs> at you so <laughs> Lily Thomas is with us today. She's the child of two world-renowned classical musicians and made her own path in the arts, still saying F you to the musical side. So we'll get to that. She became a triple threat by training extensively in acting, singing, and dancing, in addition to, of course, learning several instruments. I guess you have to. Having played professionally on six different instruments all at the same time. Well, I I don't know. That's like a one-man band. She recently completed the pre-Broadway run of Octet, is an acclaimed vocal coach, choreographer, director, and the hardest job of all, a parent of two young kids. She's currently playing Cynthia Murphy in the national tour of Dear Evan Hansen. Lily Thomas, so glad to have you here. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. <laughs> so I'm we were saying before excited. we started recording that uh, we had to warn you that Heather's mind is super, super dirty. So <laughs> yeah. well, everything, everything okay, coming I, out I, of her I, mind is going to be perverted. I wanted to comment on that because... At the end of the show, it gets really heavy. And, you know, we when we come off stage and we're crying and, you know, sobbing and have to get ready to make the shift to the next scene, sometimes that shift is really hard. So when I first joined the tour, my um, hair supervisor, Jess McGinty, she she told me a dirty joke to get me to laugh so that I could <laughs> so that. I could shake the feeling quicker. And now it's become a ritual. And she tells me a dirty joke every day and we do eight shows a week so every show she tells me a new dirty dirty joke at the end of you know my final scene before we go in for like the finale where we're all supposed to be happy by then um and there are some really really great ones so maybe at the end i'll I'll think of something 
I'll think uh, of one to share do. with you that <laughs> I don't know what your level of appropriateness is on the show. Um, so. I think everything's It's bottom of the barrel, Lily. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, when you yeah. said that, I was like, I got to share some jokes. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we set a low bar. We're, we're great. We just, we're Please here Please do. I love that. So I actually saw the show in December with my 13-year-old and you were amazing. Um, in Chicago. And now I have this whole in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now I have this whole new perspective of what happened between the second to last scene and the last scene. So, right. You know, you're like, oh, how did she stop crying? (laughs) Oh, she she got told some dirty jokes. And I have to tell you, um, I'll tell you a little, a little secret. Hopefully it'll make you feel good. I told my daughter, we're going to get to interview some folks from the show. Maybe you can tell me who you really want to hear from. And you were the one she picked. Really? From the 13 year old? That's shocking. Yeah. (laughs) It's, you know, it's really, um, it's been, my daughter's 11. So very similar Mm -hmm. age group. And um, it's interesting. She was a big fan of the show before I booked the show. And (laughs) kids are such a pain in the ass. It's so funny. It's like, I I booked the part and she's like, oh, okay. Well, (laughs) but tell me about the other people. Like, she's like, oh, that's kind of the most boring part in the show. But I'm really interested in all of the other ones, especially the kids. It's hard because, you know, like in my mind, I'm not really an adult yet, even though I am and I'm a parent. Um, (laughs) Uh But like when I saw the show, I, I was like, oh, those women are, are old, you know, old school, old moms. (laughs) And, um, and here I am. And I'm like, oh, like the kids who are waiting outside at the stage door are usually like waiting for the kids, you know, yeah. and they're like, oh, the parents, yeah, we don't, we don't care. We don't have to talk to them. <laughs> so that, that actually means a lot that your daughter yeah. said that. It's really cute. Yeah. I actually, I actually am curious about that. Why did she, I mean, not that she shouldn't, but why was she into, uh, into like one of the moms, right? Okay. Well, so interest of full disclosure, my kids have come up through the actor's garden, which is an, theater program that Anthony Norman also participated in, which is what instigated. I was like, Alan, we've got to have this conversation. This will be so much fun. Anthony, and who's currently Evan Hansen. He's currently playing yes. Evan Hansen. Yeah. We really talked about it a lot. She is an actress. Um, she does not want to be in musical theater, but she wants to her. be an actress. Smart girl. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Well, she's 13. She and wants still- to be in film, right? <laughs> uh, TV or film? Yeah. She's okay. Good. Very still smart. in the That's mindset that it's all just going to magically happen for her. You know, we don't have to actually take acting classes or audition for anything. It's just going to like shine down upon her. So we're, you know, we're working on that part. <laughs> but so we talked about all the different parts, and there were a couple of other. I mean, she really, we really love the show. The cast is really fantastic. But something, I don't know, something about you, um, she's, I mean, you, it felt very natural, but you were up there working your ass off. And I think she could tell. Thank you. And she just was like, I just, I don't know. I really, I really think, I really think the mom. And I was like, which mom? And and she was like, not Evan's mom. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the crying mom. The crying <laughs> the mom. Really, the really sad one. Oh, well, you know, you did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I but no, that means a lot. You know, I think it also speaks to like a level of empathy that kids these days are ha- are experiencing and yeah. being able to communicate through. You know, and and I've noticed it in in my children too, and especially with them coming to see the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to like absorb that and really empathize with these characters and really feel their grief. I feel like I wasn't really, you know, kids just weren't that intuitive. 
back in the day. N- no, or just not encouraged to be. Yeah, Mm-mm. exactly. Yeah. 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 No, sure. and I mean even even now in in preschool, kindergarten and preschool, where my kids are going, they're, they've got um, this whole I forget what they call them, but there's like these whole little groups where they they're already talking about self identity and and mm-hmm. race and different colors and different backgrounds and all this stuff, and they're, so they're coming home and to them as it should be, it's no big deal. It's just part yep. of life. We were doing math last night, and Logan, my older one, loves to be asked math problems, and so like he he likes to give me um, like six digit numbers to add two six digit numbers to add together and uh, so i just stack them on top of each other and i add column by column like Old we were taught way, not like we were taught to add. yeah and so <laughs> and he's like i don't get it i'm like what do you mean you don't get it because i'm like carrying the one and and you know doing all of that stuff and and i could add it's not common quick. core and, math that's why he doesn't get it and i and he's like I said, how do you do it? And he's like, well, you take these two numbers, you put them together, and you slide this over, you put this together, you put the, and, and then my wife looks at me. Like a Rubik's like, Cube. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she looks at me, and she's like, there's no way, there's no way we're going to be able to keep up with the way that they're learning anymore. And I'm like, and that's, it's, it just scares me shitless. Yeah. You I have I mean? to say, the parents at my, at my kid's school, um, we have to take a math course as the parents. Oh, so wow. we have like a, it's, um, it's like at the beginning, I think of second grade or something when they, cause they go to, they go to a private school and they do this thing called Singapore math there. And then you as the parents have to go to like the welcome back to school night. And then you have to also have to sign up for, if you haven't done it, you have to sign up for like the parent Singapore math training so that you can help your kids and you know what it's, what's going on. And I can tell you, I had to do it twice for both of my kids I've never seen a room full of like such successful adults who looked so confused. Wow. I mean, it's just like, like all of us are sitting there with our you know, tongues hanging out of our mouths, like looking up at the sky. It was ridiculous. We had no idea what was going on. I'm going to have to look that up. I will tell one story and then we will actually get to interviewing you, Lily. But like, obviously we could all just hang out. So the next time we're in town together, let's just do that. Um, Definitely. My We do back to school. Everyone does back to school night. And for fourth grade, which my youngest daughter, I have four daughters. My youngest is in fourth grade. Uh, she's like, well, I want to show you a math problem. And my kid was so excited. Oh, you're going to have to do our math. Now, one of my dearest friends, her son is also in that class. She is a teacher. She is smart and knows all these things. So they they give us this math problem. And Rachel gets the answer right right away. And I'm in this room with all these parents. And I look and I go, how the fuck? And I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> Did I say that? Oh, they're all laughing and they were little kids. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yep, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and Rachel's like, here, honey, I'll show you. I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> it's so perplexing because it's ingrained in us to think yeah. of it a different way. Yeah. Oh. Well, that seems like a good lead in, to, uh, right? Like to think of it a different way. Well, this show is all about that, that um, was a stretch. That was that was even that was a nope. stretch of a segue even for nope, me. I but, liked okay. it <laughs> because we think about things in different ways. When we're manifesting creative success, okay, we think okay, of things I'll in different ways than other people do. Don't question me, Alan Seals. You got a okay. yes and her. Okay. I heard you had musical theater training. Yes <laughs> yeah. and. Yes and I agree. I agree with what you said. There. Let's, oh, good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is um, you know, we love to hear people's creative journeys. And I am curious. I'll, we could go all the way back to little Lily. Like at what point, what chance presented itself for you that led you eventually to be down this theater path or music path? You play every instrument under the sun. Well, I mean, I think that like 
the exposure, first of all, obviously with parents that are like mine who are mainly um, concert and classical chamber musicians, um, the exposure to music was from, you know, in the womb. And so, I mean, it it was definitely um, reserved to classical and jazz. I would say I didn't really ever listen to much else as a kid. Um, jazz was like the let loose, like, Ooh, let's put something on. That's fun. You know? (laughs) And so, um, (laughs) but, but so much of jazz is from musical theater, you know? So like all of those jazz hits are all, were all taken from musicals at the time. And so then I started getting interested in, in those. And, you know, my parents showed me sound of music, um, when I was really young, like the, the VHSs that I wore out to like the point of burning the tape through. And my mother actually wrote, I think to Paramount or whatever it was. And they sent us a a second one, um, what sound of music that the double VHS. And I watched it pretty much every day. Um, that and babes in Toyland. I don't know if you know that one at all, but it's like Annette, um, what's her name? Annette Funicelli or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it is such a kitschy, like campy kind of thing. And I just loved it. Um, So those were kind of like my only exposures to musical theater. But what it was, was like, oh, my God, I get to listen to something other than classical music. Like it was always (laughs) such a treat, you know, so it felt super rebellious from the beginning. Um, And then I lived in um, I lived in Baltimore. I was born in Boston and my father, he's the founder of the. Boston Chamber Music Society, which is wow. still going strong up there. But um, we moved down to Baltimore. He took a position at Peabody Institute and taught cello down there for a while. And we were downtown one day by the harbor in Baltimore. And NPR had somebody out there doing a segment on, on I don't even remember what it was, but um, I think that I was like, I started singing with a live music band that was there just for fun. And they were like, wait, 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 do this over again. And they recorded me doing it. And my dad was like, all right, sure, this is fun. And I thought being on the radio was like the coolest thing in the entire world. And it was sort of the first time that I had like sang in front of people. And I think I was five years old. And, um, and I just got like a huge thrill. And I remember just kind of wanting to do that over again, whatever it was, I didn't know what it was, but I just wanted to sing for people. And that, that I guess that's kind of just like the origin story, you know, of, of getting that. the bite. I mean, Were five you... is pretty magical. We're like, oh, I'm just going to start singing. And then people are like, wait, hold on, keep doing it's that. It's like, you know, you're young enough, you're young enough that like you don't have the inhibitions yet. Like yeah. you don't have like that self-awareness or that self-conscious feeling. Um and but like you're old enough to be like I'm I'm my own person you know like really believe you know something. <laughs> what uh, were you ever pressured at at like that age to to get into instruments at all? I feel like like by your parents did, did they make you do it or did you feel no? So like my parents both came from very strict upbringings with music. I mean my mother never even learned how to ride a bike because she's a pianist and her it was like you can't take a chance oh, on doing no. anything that could compromise your fingers. Wow. Um, so she she had a really big like void in her childhood in terms of friendship and joy and play and mm-hmm. and was you know she would come home from elementary school and practice three hours a day and do her homework and eat and go to bed and that was kind of it and she is um she was born and raised in Seoul in South Korea and she ended up entering an adult professional 
I'm just going to go on a little like family brag because my parents are really cool. And parents uh, (laughs) sound fucking incredible. (laughs) And my mother, um, she entered this competition with like all of these already established professional musicians. And and at the time you had to have permission to leave the country. And she was 14 and she won the whole competition. And the win, the prize of this competition was that the president of Korea would give you a visa to leave the country so that you could then go study in America um, and like do the country proud, you know? So she came here when she was 14, when she was 15, she came all by herself, went to a private girls boarding school and did Juilliard prep. So she was driven into the city every Saturday. And then she did her, she went to Juilliard for undergrad. She got her master's from Juilliard and she just like her, she came here for like (laughs) to represent her country on a musical level with, at the age of 14, all by herself, which I think is just, so unbelievable and she is a force to be reckoned with she is an unbelievable wow. woman um so yeah so they were very much like we want you to love music we want you to do um you know to explore and to cultivate the musical talent that like you obviously have but they were not stage parents at all i mean they i took cello i took suzuki cello for you know maybe like 4 years and I played a big Bach concert when I was like eight years old for a wow. gala for something. And then and then I put the cello down and said, okay, what's next? And I quit the cello. So it's like, that's kind of, I'm not great at any instrument, but I'm passable at a lot of them. But wait, because wait, 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 wait. I was curious. You've performed professionally with, on the trumpet, euphonium, tuba, piano, percussion, and guitar, <laughs> yet you're not good at any instruments but that's like that's like in a musical (laughs) it's like i would never be able to pick up one of those instruments and kind of like go to a jam session with a bunch of like like rock band or jazz like real just just musicians not like actor musicians and i wouldn't be able to like keep up i'm good when i can practice it when i could sit home and be like this is what i need to do but the ease at which a real professional musician can play their instrument, like first time, I don't have that. I'm very, I'm very like um, structured and I'm really good at making myself practice and I can like achieve it because I know what I have to do to get there, but I can't just do it at any time. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now we're back. So of all of your incredible talents, you are so creative and so talented. Which one is 
like easy. It just rolls off. It's just like this, this is my home. I mean, that's musical theater. That's like musical theater, actor, singer, dancer, you know, um, I love, I, I mean, I really, really love the actor musician work that I've done. It's been probably the most fulfilling, like all encompassing because, because, you know, especially as a singer, like you're singing the melody so many times and what's happening underneath you in the arrangement and the score is always really exciting. But, but when you're not doing that, it's pretty simplistic, you know, what the demands are musician wise for musical theater. And so I loved being in, um, like, especially Hello Girls that I did off Broadway. I love doing that show because I got to play, I got to play three different instruments and we were the band. There was no, there were no hired musicians for that show. So there were 10 actors in that show and all 10 of us played and we were the band. And that to me was just like, so fulfilling. And that we, we really worked on ensemble work and, and, you know, you really had to work together and all of us were actors first too. So all of us were coming from this place of like, okay, I really have to like oil these wheels, you know, and like get, get these things in my body again. None of us were really used to that. Going back, I guess thinking, thinking back on where you had the choice I, I, well, was it ever a choice or did you just always know that you wanted to pursue musical theater? Because I know that you said that like Sound of Music, you wore it out. That's, you know what you wanted to do, et cetera, et cetera. Were you ever like, maybe I should get an accounting degree and then as a fallback or right? I, like My fallback was always that I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, fair. Of course. <laughs> of course. That was like, <laughs> which you probably would have done very well. Choice. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to college for a little bit to do a post-baccalaureate pre-med because I just like, really loved it um and then i got it <laughs> and then i got an acting job and i was like ah screw that i guess i'll just be an actor <laughs> well so then in terms I of used to, oh, i go used ahead, to say it. that as a little bitty kid my mom like really little two three four five what do you want to be when you grow up and i'm like oh well i'm gonna be a singer but if i'm too good for that i guess i'll just be a doctor so we have that in common except i'm not <laughs> very similar not a yeah. professional <laughs> artist i mean a lot and a lot of classical musicians are doctors like i mean it's a very shared part of the brain i think that um you know that works that way so um it's not uncommon for those to be shared interests <laughs> Well, look at uh, Kim, Kim, Ken Jeong, right? Or yeah, right? yeah, he he's literally a, a doctor and was like, "Well, I'm just going to go to stand right. up and then became an actor." And exactly. Like, I mean, a... he did it the smart way. He like <laughs> got the degree to make the money first, and then decided like when he when he's financially stable, he can <laughs> choose to take all the chances that make you really poor. So <laughs> fair, but okay, so you at one point had to have come to a crossroads where you're like, I am going to continue down and do the doctoring thing, or I'm going to continue to, to audition, right? Like you don't just get a show and decide, oh, I'm going to not do my, my post-baccalaureate anymore. But because while you're being a doctor or try, do, going through that route, you still have to be auditioning and embracing that, that calling that's in the back of your mind somewhere, right? Yeah, I think that like, I mean, I just always knew I, 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 I'll tell you a funny, like, young kid story. It was, I was in third grade and it was the first time that I could audition for a school show. And I'd never done any acting before, but I was always like, just very animated. My parents would film me and they're like, you know, they're sort of these more introverted musicians. And they were like, where did she come from? She's like, so weird. <laughs> and, um, and so the school show was Snow White. 
And my mom was like, great, why don't you audition? And I said, oh, great, let's do it. And so I um, I went in and, and my mother picked me up from school. I was in tears and she was like, oh, did you not get in the show? And I said, no, I did. And she <laughs> said, what happened? I said, I got Snow White. And she was like, what's wrong? And I said, I wanted to be the evil queen. <laughs> and that's I like, love that. <laughs> that's how my actor daughter would feel. <laughs> that is a very, like, that's just sort of like a, a staple story that we tell <laughs> about, like, you know, I was never the ingenue. I was never mm. into that. Um, I, I was always really into the idea of acting for completely going into these, like, different personalities and exploring these characters. And, and, you know, when I went to college and I learned about techniques and I learned about backstories and Stanislavski, it's sort of like, oh, that's kind of what I've been doing my whole life. Like, okay, where am I and who am I? And what happened to me last year? And like, I was just had a very creative imagination. Um, and so I think that like, knowing that and my parents knowing that and my parents also like, not wanting to raise a kid with a really strict you know, they really wanted me to have a life. And there were some times where I was, um, I, I could have auditioned for some big things. And we, you know, I grew up in Westchester. After Baltimore, we moved to Westchester when I was nine. And I grew up close to the city. And there were times when opportunities came about. And my mother always said, no. She was like, you can do whatever you want, but you cannot, like, not have a normal childhood. Mm. She wanted me to wow. have have these experiences of just normalcy and she was like if you're meant to do this it'll happen later and i was so mad at her at the time of course because that's all i wanted to do but she said you can do things if it's like a one night this or something like that but you're not gonna like quit school to do this movie and you're not gonna like go on tour with this new you know that was a time when they were forming all those girl bands it was like auditions Mm. for girl groups and she was like no way you kidding (laughs) like absolutely not Are you now glad that she held that firm line? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Especially as a mom, you know, and seeing like being so privy to the importance of like every social encounter and navigating through the sequence of school, uh, you know, sequence of grades, same environment, different teachers. I just think they're all such such invaluable you know, learning milestones for, for understanding yourself as a person, which is like kind of the hardest thing to make sure that you can do when you're an adult, you know? Mm. And, um, I think that I would have been really lost. And I have, I have some friends who, who did the child actor thing and, and you can see where in their adult lives, they have gaps and where things are more difficult. I've always thought that the child actors, if they get super famous, they're, they're, Uh, maturity level kind of gets frozen at that point in time because people know them as that character in that age and that's how they're treated and therefore they'll always have to identify as that yeah 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 so i i i mean my babies were just the cutest babies of course like no offense to anybody else's thing but of course my (laughs) babies are the cutest and so i was like man these kids need agents and then at the end of the day i was like you know what this is no Mm -mm. i want them to have like a regular Same. childhood, they can choose to do it. And I, I do so feel I like that's the one exception though. It's like as babies, when all they're doing is laying around all day, just being cute. Like I do wish that I had, you know, put my babies in some baby modeling, made a savings account for them. Like that would have been 
<laughs> that's true. I think that's that's the that's the one excusable part of it all. <laughs> so yeah. then, fast forward a little bit. You're out of college, and you've got you've got two children. You're still doing the the acting life, the creative life, and then now you're you're in a national tour. You're joining us. You're based out of New York, but yes. you're coming to us right now from San Francisco. So how how is that yeah. working? What was that decision process? Well, and what chance or risk led to this well, wonderful tour? I'm I'm going to go back a little because I did stop acting for a while. Um, I I had my first I had my daughter and I took her out to do like um it was a long run at Milwaukee rep and so I took her out to do a show it was another actor musician show really really fun um but then I came back and I, I was like that was that's rough you know doing eight shows a week with a baby mm-hmm. and um and then I got pregnant with my second child and so I said I'm gonna take a break and I'm going to just teach because I had sort of like a smaller teaching studio at that point for in between gigs. And, um, I, I said, I'm going to just take off until the kids are in school full time, you know, because it, it was always really hard for me to justify putting them in daycare to like go audition, you know, auditioning Mm -hmm. is that job that doesn't pay anything. So it was like really hard to figure out, okay, I'm going to hire a babysitter or put them in daycare for that. But then I better book the thing. And I think the pressure of, of like that handoff of not being with my kids and going to those few auditions, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Um, and, and so I did not, I like complete, I left my agency. I just completely stopped performing and stopped trying in every way for about like four or five years. Um, and then when my, I guess this is like 2018. Um, there is a cute little, I was still equity. So like there's a cute little equity theater up by my mom's house. And I like to spend some time there during the summer and they were doing a production of a chorus line. And I was like, okay, they're having auditions in Connecticut, which is much less, much less intimidating than like going and auditioning in New York, which I, at that point was like, I've been out of the game for so long. I don't feel like I can do that without having a panic attack. <laughs> um, especially having had two children and going to like a, a, a chorus line audition where the dancing is out of control. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'll go to that local audition and maybe I'll just sort of like get my toes wet again with auditioning. And I happened to book it as Sheila, who is like, you know, the aging dancer, which worked really well for me. And <laughs> you, you are not old. This woman is not old for anybody listening. <laughs> no, look at, look at her episode artwork. Not old, not old at all. <laughs> all right, one more quick break. Hang on a second. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Here's the rest of the episode. But, you know, when you're a dancer, like, the ta- the clock is ticking always because your joints just can only hold on for so long. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was it was great. I did the show. I felt like a part of myself that had been, you know, in hibernation and in dormant for five years was able to breathe again. And I, I really cannot put into words the feeling of that opening night and like being and performing in front of an audience again. Um, my kids were so proud of me. They um, like being able to share that with them. You know, they, they came to a couple of rehearsals and um, this is pre COVID now kids right. can't come anywhere with you, <laughs> but um, you know, I thought it was really something I was going to have to keep separate, but they were so great and I fully caught the bug. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to a few, a few more auditions. And I booked a, um, an off Broadway thing. And then that led to another off Broadway thing. And I just sort of followed this journey of, uh, with really this idea in mind of like, I want to do something that makes that part of my, that part of me feel alive again. And so that was, it was never like, I want to do something super big. It was never the way that it had been before with having these like crazy ambitions, but it was just like, I want to do work that's going to make me feel fulfilled as an artist. And, you know, they always say like, you never know what you have till it's gone. And it's like, I didn't know, I didn't know what that, how big that void was when I was to not be doing this. So it's, it's been a long journey back, but there's a big chunk of time gone. And, um, and I, I have to say that like, the excitement that my kids have when I do, when I'm performing, they come and see everything. And oh. some of the stuff is inappropriate. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that, you know, my kids came to see me in, in a chorus line where the chorus line can get inappropriate. It and, could, but, no. but it's like not, it's not that bad, you no. know, but it's like, okay, I just hope that my son doesn't ask me like what the word, you know, <laughs> masturbation is later or whatever it is. Like he was five years old. So one day he'll be um, like, Oh God, I can't believe I had to watch uh, exactly. That. He'll be like, I can't believe that I saw my mom say these words. Um, you know, yeah. He doesn't know what they mean right now. They're just funny words. Exactly. Well, let's hope that we don't have to have that conversation later down the line. <laughs> but, um, no, so but I think, it... I think that having the support from them, you know, like, as I said, they were fans of the show before I booked this. Um, COVID changed everything. Mm-hmm. They they are very empathetic and really kind kids who um, really want me to be happy, which is just the sweetest thing in the world. They are, I feel like they are the most selfless children. You know, they, they were so excited that I got this. Of course, they were really upset that I was going to be gone and, and it's been hard 
for everybody. But I think that more than anything, you know, they're excited and they, they call me and tell me how proud of me they are. And when they see something on online or whatever, they send it to me and they're like, Oh my God, you were on TV or whatever it is. Like they, they are wonderful. And I, if they weren't like this, you know, which they would still be great kids, but if these weren't major qualities of their personality, I don't think I would be able to do this, Mm. you know, because as parents, we, are just programmed to be guilt-ridden. And so I feel like that guilt would have completely taken me over, which some days it does, you know, and especially with the track in the show, it's really hard to separate. You know, I have a girl and a boy and in the show I have a girl and a boy and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do all the right things and sometimes I fail. And there are too many parallels to not access real emotions on that stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if I if it was not going so well, I think that it would be too hard. Yeah. So I, I'm very thankful for them. I have chills just hearing I, you say that because as an audience member, I feel that watching you perform it and then knowing what you're experiencing on stage. Just ooh, sorry, Alan. Go I ahead. saw Dear Evan no, Hansen on stage on in Broadway on Broadway a month, a couple of weeks after it opened. Before the cast album came out, remember the days like when a show would open and then the cast album would come out. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, and so it it hadn't. It was before tone, before award nominations, before cast album. Uh, same with Hamilton. Side note: Now that I'm thinking about it, I saw Hamilton before it freaking exploded, which is when the cast. You know album what? Was it's released. not cool to brag. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's not an attractive quality. No, no but what saying. he's saying is that he went in blind, uh, which is right. like we don't ever uh-huh. get to do that anymore. Right. That's true. I know. Yeah. I just coolest... like to bust his chops. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But I also like that is a conversation that I love having because going into a show blind is it, that's when you get that full theater experience when you feel like your entire body and soul has been like transported. Mm-hmm. Well, the, yeah. So the, well, the reason I brought that up is the parallel. What you were saying is that um, it was it was about two months, two or three months after my first son was born that mm-hmm. I saw Darvin Hansen and I left that devastated. <laughs> broken. I left that show mm-hmm. broken and devastated <laughs> more than I already was. And, and I mean, it's not, it's, it's a serious subject matter. And how, how do you, how do you shake that? Because you're the mom of this kid who, who harms himself beyond the point of any repair eight times a week and having your own kids. That and he's you don't... great, by the way. What's that? The actor <sighs> is so great the yeah. Guy who plays yeah yeah Connor. yeah 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 like yeah, how do you yeah. how do you um, how do you separate that you know i don't ever think of like i don't ever uh, i don't ever think of my own kids in the roles yeah so good. i have a great relationship with both of the actors who play um connor and zoe and um and, you know, when I'm up there, it's like when I say it's hard to separate, it's hard to separate those emotional access points. But like, I'm very different from Cynthia Murphy. Yes. And, you know, my kids are very different from these characters. So like when I'm up there, I'm receiving and emoting as Cynthia, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just sort of like that the the vessel yeah. is it's it's like it sort of feels like I have to crack open these parts of myself as Lily and then hop into Cynthia, like really vulnerable, you know? And so then after the show, when I hop back to Lily, it's like, okay, I'm feeling scarred a a little bit, you know, but it's like, it's not directly applicable to my life. It's not like that I had to think about my son 
being like that or my daughter being like that. But it's the same, like the same points in the body, I guess. Yeah. So I've been living in, living an extremely vulnerable life for the past yeah. seven months. <laughs> I mean, I think that's incredible as a performer, even to be able to a know you need to do that and then have the skill to do it and then repair yourself and separate them. They're not the same. I'm not this person and then do it again <laughs> the next day or maybe later in the day. Um, it's really remarkable that you can it's do just that. really a trial and error because I think it's really different for everybody because it's all about like, you know, my vessel is going to be different than the woman who played it before me. And, mm. you know, like it's going to it's just going to hit everybody differently. For me, I'm a really positive person in real life. I have a lot of energy, positivity and energy. Lots of energy are two things that are hard to um you know, have simultaneously while I'm doing this show. So like, I have to be mindful of things like caffeine and things like exercise. And, you know, like I usually have my worst shows on Tuesdays because we have Mondays off and I do something great on a Monday. It's like the one day of the week, I don't have to cry. And, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm glowing God. with happiness from Monday. And then all of a sudden Tuesday comes, I'm like, oh, I have to just like sink. And, and then my best shows are at the end of the week when I'm exhausted. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Because you like, can really lean the into the character. Yeah. And that's the opposite with so many other shows. Mm -hmm. So many other shows, it's like, okay, we got to like have a lot of energy. And especially I've done all these dance shows and these musician shows that are really physically exhausting. I haven't done a show that's been this emotionally exhausting, Yeah. you know, and I've actually never done a show that's for this long of a run. Yeah. How much so longer like a, is the run? We have about five more months. Okay. That's intense. Yeah. So it's one year. So we're about seven months through. I hope and, you have um, a big vacation planned. Like a really I nice have one. a wonderful vacation plan coming up very soon. And I'm really excited. <laughs> well, talk about the the chance, the 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 conscious choice you made to take this year and tour. Because it's not common for somebody with with preteen children to just up and go for a year around the country yeah. and like they're not with you right they're still at home in school and doing their normal mm -hmm. thing yeah and i'm a single mom so like it it levels up too so you know i have a good co-parenting relationship with my ex and he moved into my house and so he is taking care of the kids right now um we have grandmas and family members helping out. Um, really though, like if my kids were not at this school, it would be a different story. This is a school that teaches the whole child. This is a school that invests beyond that first layer in the children and, um, you know, is really great about communication. I'm in almost daily communication with a lot of the people at the school. Um, my, my, you know, fellow parent friends from the school who are always keeping an eye out and at every event are like, okay, I'll be the parent to them at this event. And, and they are, you know, it, you can't do this without an amazing support system. It sounds it's, like a beautiful community. It really yeah. is. It's, yeah. it's very rare. And I'm so lucky that they go there and, um, and that they come home happy every happy every day, you know. Like I talk to them after school, and they tell me about their. It's we have our patterns of just 
normalcy and my son and I like to FaceTime. Um, we don't do it while I'm on West Coast time, but when I'm back in a more similar time zone, we do reading time because oh, I love it. he has to read for 20 minutes every night. And so we've made this deal that for his reading, we FaceTime and he reads to me while I'm getting ready. So while I'm doing my makeup and my, my wigs getting put on, he'll read to me. So that's like our little tradition that I really love. When do you find yourself sort of in, in your most creative state? If like, if you're thinking about your flow state and you're trying to, to learn lines or learn music or, or hold on to a dance number, is there something you do to put yourself into a mode where you just absorb all of this more, more creatively, more easily than any other times? I think that um, I'm a very easily distracted person. My mind is like in 10, 10 different places at once running a million miles a minute. Um, I have to have no technology around me. I have to like, if I'm reading music off of my iPad, I have to turn the internet off. Like I, I really have to give myself a blank. off. That's, that's crazy. I do. Yeah, wow. I love that. <laughs> I have to give myself like a blank canvas. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm very easily influenced, you know, like, uh, I have a very, like, I have a reasoning mind so I could reason anything, but then I don't know what I want or what my artistic inclination is. So I really have to like be alone, turn everything off. Um, I think that that's when I'm the most productive with my, with my art, but it's you so know, like, to know that about yourself. Yeah, well, I I definitely didn't know this about myself before kids, <laughs> until I until I'm like everybody just be quiet. <laughs> yeah, and yep. in the world like of in the world of COVID, having to self tape everything, you know, there were no auditions for so long. Everything was you have to tape yourself, and so a lot of people, you know, like and I didn't have a partner, and so it was just me and the kids at home, and so. At one point, I remember being like, Annabelle, you have to read this tape with me. And then I listened to it back and I said, that's ridiculous. It's like this young kid's voice in this scene. I was like, it just makes no sense. But, you know, a lot of people were doing this with their partner during the pandemic. And and for me, it was just hard enough to just like get get a time and a space where the house is going to be quiet and the mm -hmm. dog didn't try to bark and sing along with me. And like, mm -hmm. you know, it's just so mm -hmm. any kind of solitude that I can get, I feel like everything just calms down and, and the juices can flow. That's very cool. I, I, as an extrovert, I now value my alone time for that same reason, because I love being with the kids and I love giving the energy and doing all of that. But then every now and then I'm just like, you know what? I'm a much better dad when I don't have right? to see you all <laughs> the damn time. I was talking to somebody earlier today who homeschools and I was like, nope. I'm like, you need Masochist. to go to school. Masochist. You need to go to school. I will see you in six hours. Bye-bye. Yep. Yep. No way. Yeah. I'm like, I love seeing you when you get home at the in the afternoon, but I don't love seeing you at the same point in the afternoon if I've seen you all day. All right. <laughs> I love I love to see you again after not seeing you. Absolutely. Exactly. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Go to school. Um <laughs> Lily, I would love to know. I mean, it is so hard to be in the career that you're in and not have a somewhat healthy relationship with failure. But what is your relationship with failure and how do you sort of process it? And a follow up question is, has there been something 
that you thought at the time was a massive mistake or failure and it turned out to be just the right thing? Yeah. Um, well, I think that because of the business I'm in, I'm innately like really hard on myself. Um, I, you know, I, I think that the most creative minds are the most curious ones. And when you're curious, there's a lot that you find out that you don't know and a lot that you find out that you can't do. I think also just to speak on that really quickly, the, the nature of self-taping has given a heightened sense of critical thinking on ourselves as actors and performers, because what we do is, especially for theater actors, what we do is sacred to the room. And when there, there's no room anymore, then you're striving for perfection rather than an experience. And so like, you know, I think the most important thing to know as an artist is that there's no such thing as perfection. And once you can let that go, you know, I'm still working on it. It's really hard. I'm sure you guys know this, especially from podcasting, but like the way that you sound is different than how you think you sound. And that's the same thing. So when you're watching your videos back and you are getting ready to send them, you're like, I don't know, that's not what I planned on sounding like, but sometimes it's the right thing. And a lot of times those videos that you're really apprehensive about sending are the ones that book you something. And, um, you know, so like you have to take a chance on those videos too. And you have to sort of like take a chance in those moments of being just saying, I'm going to trust that this is the right take or the right thing. But um, for me, it it was, you know, my marriage failing and I, my parents are divorced and remarried and two other musicians, they all of play course. together too, by the way, like all wow. four of them will play. It's Wait, crazy. That's cool. Um, that, yeah, that's very cool. That's yeah. a, that's a day daytime TV movie or something. I know, right? <laughs> we need like a family tree to keep are everything intact. Are you also a writer? Could you write that script? Yeah. <laughs> I should. I absolutely should. Um, but you know, I think that like, I think everybody who grows up with divorced parents says, I don't ever want to get divorced, you know? And, and so I was really, I was really upset when my marriage fell apart. And when I realized that it wasn't going to work, you know, when I realized that I was going to be on my own and, um, but that all of those realizations and all of that is what led me back to this and led me here, you know? So like, I probably wouldn't have started performing again. Or I probably wouldn't have felt the permission to like follow my heart and do what I wanted to do and start to learn how to love myself and take care of myself if I was still trying to like fix this marriage and make all of that work. And I got, you know, I got, I had my daughter quite early, got married really early. And so I, I still feel like there was a lot to learn about myself that I hadn't done in my twenties because I was in a relationship that was a little in over its head and um, being able to kind of like be by myself and revisit that 26 year old where I left off and say, okay, like, who are you? And what do you want? Because now you can dictate the rest of your life. And um, that has been the hardest moment in my life and the most fulfilling. So I, 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 I'm very happy that I went through this horrible thing and, yeah. you know, things, things always, I, I really do believe that like there's a reason for everything and everything will lead to something that eventually will make you feel like all of that were all of the pain were like parts of the stepping stones to get there. I love that. All of the I pain completely... was part of the stepping stones to get yeah. there. Yeah. I'm going to get that tattooed on my butt. 
<laughs> I completely agree that it's the icky parts that lead us to the better parts. And yeah, that's lovely to hear you. Yeah, say. they also I like really create, resonate. they also make the parts of you that need to be more resilient mm-hmm. such, you know, they, they, they toughen you in those ways to be able to withstand like greater success and, you know, a heavier load of responsibility, um, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You are so cool. You are so much fun. Oh, (laughs) I love this. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Where can, where can everybody connect with you? Find you online, say hi. I'm I'm on Instagram at the Lily Thomas, because apparently there's another Lily Thomas out there. <laughs> and um, that's L- that's T-H-E-L-I-L-I-T-H-O-M-A-S. One L. And um, yeah, I'm like, you know, not up to date on the TikToks and the Twitters and all that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a simple gal. I stick with, <laughs> I stick with Instagram and um, <laughs> No, yeah. I love it. But listen, if you all are somewhere where Lily and the cast and crew of Dear Evan Hansen are going to be performing. Go see the show. It's so good. And you just heard that whole crack open perform. Like, it's just magical. I don't know. I want to see you do it again. And then I want to feel what you're feeling. But we could tell anyway. You're you're lovely. And oh, I just thank, thank you so you. much for taking time. I have to, I have to give a little plug oh. because um, my father, who I said was the cellist, um, my younger sister, who is also a cellist, is actually joining our tour in one week wow. as our cellist. That's so, so my cool. sister really? is going to be in the orchestra. Yes. And it's so, oh, so fun. exciting for me. Um, and especially like this show that is for me all about family and to be able to have my family with me on the road, but also like to tell the story, the cello part in this score is so beautiful and so featured and so to be able to like tell the story with my sister about family is really really exciting for me so i just had to put that oh out gosh, there really i love quickly. that and before we go i do have to ask did you remember any of those dirty jokes oh yeah oh god <laughs> <laughs> okay um all right what is the difference between a golf ball and a g-spot <laughs> I don't know. Do you know Alan? He's something about just, the dimples. Can we just let her live? Drop yeah, go ahead. Punchline. Punchline. Yeah, punchline. Okay. <laughs> a man will actually look for a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> and that, folks, is why I'm a lesbian. So. <laughs> That's awesome, Lily. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Lily is fabulous. She was so much fun to talk to. She really was. It was so heart-centered. Like, I felt so much emotion. I had goosebumps through, like, two-thirds of the entire conversation, and I really want to go see the show again. Now I need to travel somewhere. It's already been to Chicago. <laughs> it's it's fun to me. Uh, in the interviews that I've done, it to, to talk to a parent who, a real-life parent, who plays a parent in the show where something like serious, not something serious, but something uh, not not necessarily negative serious, but just like something very emotional happens um, as a parent between a parent and child in the show. And when you're reliving that eight times a week, I think it just like it gives you such a perspective on on your own relationship. And uh, well, I, I love 
I love, yeah, gratitude. And I just absolutely love to watch, like you said, just watch and listen mm -hmm. to these performers who are, are getting to feel their feels, which there's all sorts of feels when you're a parent, but to feel this professionally and, and be, and to relive it on stage. And it, it it's, I think it's wonderful. I think it's absolutely wonderful. It's so good. And she is great. What an incredible talent. I think we didn't have enough time to dig all the way in, which I would have loved to. If you can kind of maybe play six instruments, like you're super talented. Like you do not have to be so good that you could, you know, <laughs> go play on stage for a large audience immediately to still have crazy, immense talent. I think she's got uh, very high expectations for herself. And well, Lily, look, you're doing a course. great job. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. I wish I could have seen it. Uh, if it comes through North Carolina, I'll have to look at the tour schedule because maybe go visit my parents and yeah. go see it in North Carolina. You should. That but would be If it comes so back anywhere fun. near Chicago, it's not going to come back to Chicago on this it's tour, but nice. this leg. But if it's not anywhere near, leg. then we should go see. We should go see it. Absolutely. You guys should all go and see it. Um, Lily is just, she's fun and she's real. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'll tell you, I was really touched. It's so true. I don't, there was a news article, like scientists have come out and said that girls in particularly are far more inclined since COVID to be depressed. Huh. Girls' suicide rates are really high right now. Now, as the mother of teenage girls, I can tell you this has been our experience that through COVID, um, it has affected all children, I think, really drastically, certainly all people, but especially young girls. And when she talked about that self-filming yeah. um, and how, you know, normally we yeah, you're in a room. I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I, I'm a keynote speaker. And when you have to do them virtually and there are not people there, I do a live show every week called Brave in Action. And as, if I see an eyeball that tells me there's somebody actually watching, I'm fine. Like, I'm like, oh, I can talk to that eyeball. But if there's no one there and I can't tell, it's very difficult to do. And we really, the perfectionism is is real and it's gotten so much worse since COVID. And I think what she shared there is is really powerful. It's tough performing to a lens. Yeah. It is very hard. Yes. And, and I think it takes, it. I mean, I... I heard somebody talking about this the other day. I didn't bring it up with Lily. Um, but when you're doing your own self-tapes, you have to be an audio uh, an audio person and a lighting designer yeah, you and do all a cameraman. Yeah. yeah, you have to do everything. So you're worried about all that. And it's so hard to just detach and like be in the moment. So yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. And then, you know, if you've got your young kids running, <laughs> running around then and your dog and your sirens because you're in New York City, then yeah. all that stuff just makes it I extra, mean, extra hey, hard. we built a whole new private room in my house during COVID because there were seven of us and we have a small little house. And I was like, I need to get away from these people that I love really desperately. <laughs> like, I, I enjoy seeing you after school as long as you've been <laughs> exactly. to school first. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Alan, where can people find us and tell us what they think of the show and all that good stuff? On the IGs, on the IGAgrams, uh, was it chance is our usernames, <laughs> and on the IGAmails, was it chance podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up, let us know, and let us know you're listening. Say hi. We'll respond. We promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you feel so inclined to write a review, <gasps> we would be really thrilled. Like, we get we get really excited. We text each other. We're like, look, they like us. They really like us. 
Yeah. <laughs> they like us. They really do. <laughs> All right, folks, you've been listening to Was It Chance, the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. Thanks for being here. I'm Heather Vickery. And I'm Alan Seal. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.